All right. Uh, the, the elders in the, come on up here. We've got any of our elders in here? There they come. And Esteban and his wife and kids. Where are you at, Esteban? Come on up here, guys. Right here. All right. Good looking crew. Stephen, introduce your family to us. This is uh, Mighty and Powerful Aurita, um, Fashionista Abby, my beautiful wife and my boss, Edis, <laughs> and me, your servant, Esteban. <laughs> Stephen, they have moved here. They are going to be working with us in One Kingdom, and we are so very, very excited to have them here. They've been busy. They've been here just now a week uh, in the middle of getting into a house, and so a lot of work's been going on to help make that happen. Uh, and so the Lord has just worked that out. Uh, really, they uh, came from Nicaragua and then rescued from Miami and are here with us, and we are just overjoyed. We have worked with the state, and he's been our ambassador for One Kingdom uh, uh, in the Hispanic world for a number of years now, and so uh, we're glad to have him to actually be here, a part of us physically right here, him and his family. So I want to ask Robert Ables to uh, ask a blessing for this family uh, and to pray over them, Robert. Father, we are so thankful that um, Stavon and his family are here. Thank you for what he's uh, done for your kingdom through the years. I pray for his uh, family back home. I pray for them as they get accustomed to, to a new life here. Uh, Father, we just um, are thankful that this church has um, already shown them a lot of love, shown them that they are family and that we are grateful to have them with us. Father, I pray that you bless them, uh, the girls as they start school this week, weather permitting, that you um, bless them both with um, the work that they'll be doing. I pray that you provide a job for Iris as soon as you um, are, are ready. Father, just, just thank you for this family. We pray a special blessing on them. I know there'll be some trying days. There'll be some homesickness. There'll be um, things that are that are just part of our lives that uh, uh, that we all have. But we pray, God, that you'll give them a special measure of your spirit, that you will empower them, encourage them, and help them to, to always remember that how much they are loved. Thank you, Father, for all you do for us, and thank you for this family. In Jesus' name, amen. This one has to stay up here because she's our scripture reader for today. And Abby is going to be sharing with us out of uh, the book of Psalms, 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help and trouble. Psalm 46 1. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Thank you so much. Quite a challenge to move from 
anywhere, but especially from a different country, a different culture, different language, uh, all the way to West Monroe where we all talk normal and uh, <laughs> don't have any cultural problems, right? So, um, so we're so we're so happy uh, to have them with us. Well. We are in our uh, study of Psalms. We're going to be working out of Psalm 139 here in just a few moments. And uh, before we get into this great psalm, uh, someone who's kind of lived the truth of this psalm and uh, uh, is going to be giving us a short testimony. So we're going to, if you will, watch that at this time. Okay. the truth that God is always there. My story begins um, even before my first memories. I was very small when my mom and I were left and uh, we were rescued, I like to think, by a wonderful man who became my dad and adopted me and loved me as his own. And all my life, I think, I wanted to be seen uh, maybe because of that experience. Um, I had a great family and a great growing up, mom, dad, little brother. Uh, I grew up across the river in Vicksburg, and I found my way to this area through a brochure in the church foyer for Camp Chioka. I was 10 years old, and I went by myself. None of my friends wanted to go with me, and I fell in love with the community that was offered out at camp. Um, and especially the youth group from here at Whites Ferry Road. And I remember as a young teenager, uh, Mike Kellett, who was the youth minister at the time, looking at me and saying, you're adopted, you're ours, you belong in our youth group. And how seen I felt. And the truth, again, that God is always there, um, even when we don't think he is. He is right there with us. Um, I think... The biggest lesson for me on how God has always been there for me and how he has renewed me is thinking about the events of the year 2020. That year um, started out normally for all of us. And at the beginning of every year, a group of friends and I, for several years, had decided to choose a word of the year. And this word would be something that we would challenge each other on and hold each other accountable for. And I had chosen some great words in years past. Uh, Abide, joy, thankful. Um, So the new year has come and we're all deciding what word we were going to choose. And it settled on my heart that I wanted to be more mindful of praising God. So for 2020, I chose the word praise. And I began to read scripture about praise and put into practice praising God in my life. And, of course, in March, the COVID shutdown happened. Um, And it was unsettling to all of us that we were going to not fellowship together and not be together and go home from school. And in the midst of all that, I remembered my word. Well, I'm still just going to praise God through this. In August... Um, We had Hurricane Laura raging down on the Gulf Coast, and we weren't really worried because, you know, we just got maybe some winds this far north. So we were out of school the day that she made landfall, and I went to get some gas for our generator, 
and was sitting on the bed talking to Mike on the phone, watching the Weather Channel, when an 80-foot oak tree in our backyard fell on my bedroom, on me. And it was chaos. And I remember hanging up on Mike and immediately calling the church building, uh, which he had done the same thing. And David Bromley came very quickly to our house um, and rescued the boys and I, took us to the Kellets where we found refuge. And wow, the house was destroyed. And a few hours later, I come home and find my friends carrying my wet bed down the hall and out the front. And are we going to throw this away and let's clean this up? And the precious transformation ladies heard that Fisher Mike needed help. And they all showed up in mass, moving limbs and trees and working. And God was there through this community. In November, I um, went for a yearly checkup and got that phone call that nobody ever wants to get. Um, the phone call was that I had a two and a half centimeter tumor and that it was cancerous. And so news like that rocks your world. And I remembered my word and I thought, this is definitely a God is definitely still there and I'm going to praise him through this. I went to some fantastic doctors um, and received excellent care and had a successful surgery in December of 2020. And the doctor was so careful that in that successful surgery, he discovered a second type of cancer. Um, and so another surgery, more serious than the first, was scheduled for January of the next year. Well, it's the new year, and so it's time to choose a new word. But I had really meditated on the story of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. And I love that story so much because of all the truths in it about how God is the one who fights your battles for you. And about how Jehoshaphat, when he heard that this army, this massive army, greater than him and the people of Israel was coming against him, he decided that he would praise the Lord. And told all the people, that's what we are going to do. And in fact, when we go out against this army that's bigger than us to fight this battle that seems impossible, we're going to appoint men in front of the army to praise God. That's their sole purpose. And so those suggestions were made to me about a new word like fight or endure. Or why don't you pick perseverance because you're going to have to have a lot of perseverance through this battle the Holy Spirit settled in my heart that, no, the only way through this is a hallelujah. And I'm going to continue to honor and praise God because of the truth that he is there. Like the psalm says, he hymns me in and he goes before me and he goes behind me. And even the darkness is not dark to him. And so, with praise in my heart, we had the second surgery and it was successful. And even a few months later, uh, through the necessity of another operation and a surgeon's mishap, um, I found myself again in need 
of knowing that God was there through his people and through good doctors that he put in front of me. Um, And I was again restored. And the problem was found and the problem was fixed. And my family and I praised God through that. I have been reading a book called Shalom in the Psalms. And a line really struck me the other day. And the author said, If we fear our circumstances, then we will live our lives in a state of panic. But if we fear our holy God, then we will abide in his presence. And I see the truth of that statement in choosing to know that he is always with me. In choosing not to believe the lie that I am alone and that I am not seen, I am living a renewed life of the truth that God is always with me. My name is Missy Williams, and this is my renewed life. Thank you, Missy, so very, very much. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it. Completely. You hem me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would say, Slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way 
everlasting. Father in heaven, we ask a blessing on the reading of your word. We ask uh, for open minds toward the nourishment of your word. Open hearts to the power of your word. May the truth of who you are and how you love us, Father, be bold in our eyes and in our mind and in our ears. May we never forget your greatness and your intimate love for us. For you are always there. And we say thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want a little quick little outline of this, I broke this thing down in verses 1 through 6. is about God knowing me. God knows me. 7 through 12, God surrounds me. 13 through 18, God made me. And then 19 through the rest of the book, 24, God tests me. He leads me. I don't know if that's useful to you or not, but that's a little something that may be for you if you want further study there. Let's first talk talk about this idea of God knowing us. It's pretty amazing when he says, David says, you know me. You know me. It's a personal thing. Now remember, this is a song and a prayer. So it's not like a a theological logic or uh, understanding of some particular doctrinal truth. It's the writer praising God and understanding who God is and and giving him glory for that. And he says, he says, you've searched me, you know me. Eight, I think now it is 8.1 billion people on the earth. 8.1 billion. And God knows you personally. And every little thing about you. It just blows my mind. 8.1 billion. And God knows every one of them from the inside out. He's not missed a thing. He knows you. He knows me. David says, you know me when I sit and when I rise. In other words, he says, you know what I do. Then he says, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You know what I think. Sometimes I would prefer God not to know what I think. Are you like that? Your mind wanders off. Do you have a problem with your mind wandering from time to time? I I love what Mike Williams was talking about this morning in the Bible class that he taught. How that spending so much time reading and being in the Psalms really helps change your worldview and your mindset, and, and I'm thinking, you know, I really, that's, I need that. Because my mind gets to wondering. You know, I'll start out like this. I thought, you know, I, I'm going to pray then. I'll start out and I'll pray, and I'll be praying for someone, and I'll say, you know, Lord, uh, uh, bless old David. And you know, David said something about having people over to his house. I wonder if they got enough food there, and then what time was that going to be? And then maybe I need to call something, you know, and you're just, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be praying here. And your mind just does that right there. I think that's the whole idea of the psalm when he says, I need to meditate on this. I need to get my mind focused and get my thoughts headed in one direction. 
He basically says, look, I know your actions. I know your thoughts. Then he says, uh, 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 he knows where I go. He knows uh, every place I go. And he knows what I say. He says, even before the word was on your tongue, he knows it. I wish I thought about the words before they were on my tongue. Right? God knows the words on you. He knows what I need. He says this, you hem me in behind and before. This is not a restriction that you're hemmed in. This is a protection. This is, this is a putting pillows around the baby so they don't fall off the bed protection. You hem them in, right? All around them. And what's David's response to thinking about how God knows him? All this intimacy that God knows about me. What's David's response? Look what it says. Such knowledge, it's, it's too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. I can't understand it. This is just too great. That of all everything happening, God who created everything is thinking about me personally. When I sit and when I get up and what I think and what I say and where I go and what I do. And God is there with me all the way. Him and me in, protecting me and taking care of me. That's the wonder and the wonderfulness of God. And David has experienced that. And so he's just singing and praying. Then he says this. Verse 7 through 12, that God surrounds him. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. So as far up as there is and as far down as there is, God, you're there. I can't get away. If I rise on wings of dawn, where's the dawn take place from? East. To the far side of the sea. His mind would have been the Mediterranean Sea. The West, remember we get that phrase later on from a prophet, right? As far as the East is from the West, your sins are forgiven. So I, I can, either direction, God's always there. And when you're there, your hand does something. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times, people read this and they think from a viewpoint of like, this is the writer's like, I've got to run, I've got to escape, I've got to get out of here, but I can't because God's always there. It's not that. Now that has happened, right? Remember Adam? Uh, remember when Adam and Eve messed up in the garden? Uh, and all of a sudden they, uh, uh, they realized they were naked and they went and what, remember what they did? They, they, they tried to cover themselves first. They took some leaves and they didn't do a very good job. And by the way, God, Took, took an animal skin and covered them and man's had a problem dressing himself ever since, right? So, but, but they've hid. They ran, they hid from God. It's like you could hide from God. Didn't work. Remember Jonah? I don't want to go preach to that place. I'm going to run off somewhere else. And he tries to hide and he ends up in this prayer session in the, in the belly of a big fish. You can't run from God. Those were escaping. This is not what David's doing. David's not talking about him running away to try to escape God's judgment or challenge to his life. 
His is the other way. He said, I, I, I take comfort that God is always there. Right, Missy? He's there when the tree falls into your bedroom. I remember going into that bedroom that day and looking at that limb that had come right down all the way through the roof, through the ceiling, onto her bed where she was laying. God was there. We sing about it, but do we live it? Acknowledging the truth that God's there. When we let Satan steal or hijack our thoughts and feed us with lies that somehow or another in the middle of my trouble, God's not there, we start running into the problems. We need to believe God more than what God says about us more than we, what, what we say about ourselves even. The writer says, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me up. You're there. I, I love the picture. I saw a picture the other day of a, of a dad. And he was walking with his little girl. And it was showed a close-up of her, her little hand in his big hand. And I thought, that's God. That's God. His, his power, his strength, yet his, the tenderness of his hand guiding and holding us up. That's what God does for you. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes uh, night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. It looks like dark times to me. When you get a phone call and and they use the C word, you have cancer. How could that not be an anxious time in your heart and mind? How could it not feel dark to some degree? And what do you and I need to be reminded of in those difficult, difficult times in this life? Is whatever might look dark to the world or even dark to us at that moment is never dark to God. He sees it in full light and He knows exactly what to do with it. The darkness is as light to you. Or as we say back home, we'll leave the light, what? We'll leave the light on for you. Now, my house growing up, I had two older brothers and we did a lot of running around. Not so good, but we ran around. My mom was not going to go to bed till all her boys were in the house. And whichever one came in last, uh, you know, their responsibility was to turn the kitchen light off because mom would stay in the living room and go to sleep on the couch. And that way, if she kind of, if she went to sleep and woke up and looked and saw the light on, she knew we weren't all home. She was leaving the light on for us. She was conscious of us. And we would come in, the last one, we'd turn that light off and, 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 and go into the bedroom. And then if she woke up and looked, she would, be, she would know her, her, her sons are home. Well, with God, the light's always on. Not because you're missing, it's just the opposite. It's on to show you the way. It's on to say he sees clearly in light what you see in darkness. 
He surrounds us. Look what he says next. You create, God made me. You created my inmost being and you knit me. This word knit is the idea of woven. In the womb, God made me. We can't understand sometimes the greatness of what it means to be made by God. As the old saying goes, God made you and God don't make junk, right? You are created in His image. Now think about that. Image. Because we we are different. We have that ability to imagine. We In our mind, we can create and dream and have vi- because we can imagine something. We're talking about using our imagination. That's the idea. We are created in God's image. God created things from nothing. He made something. He made you and He made me. And when you're created in God's image, you need to understand that what a beautiful thing that you are fearfully, He says, and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter how tall you are, how short you are. It doesn't matter your frame, what you look like when you're young or what you look like when you're old. I know we all chase that idea. Man, can I look a little younger, a little longer? And, and could I lose a few pounds? And do I, do I, do, you know, can I get, shape this thing up to get it to look a little bit better? I know it's temporary, but you know, can I just get that thing? I mean, how many millions are made off that, right? I mean, if you can come up with something that could totally change someone's look to what they think is from bad to good, you make millions. Anybody in here ever been on a diet besides me? There's a few of you confess. There's some some of you lied, uh, right? Sure. But God makes us. You are valuable. You know how you tell the value of something? You tell the value of something by the price paid for it. The price paid for you and for me was the blood of Jesus Christ. His own son on the cross. God says, that's how valuable you are to me. I made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I love you deeply. And this is how valuable you are to me. Just look at the gospel. Someone said, we just need a better self-image. No, what we need is a better God image. We need to see God better. We need to see how He stays with us and how He made us and how He always walks with us. And He even says He even ordained our days. God has plans for us. We just need to submit to His plans instead of getting in the way all the time. But that's the battle of selfishness, isn't it? I see something, I want it, and man, I, you know, that's the whole battle. David experienced these things. Yet he's acknowledging through this singing and through this praying of how great God is. God knows me, every aspect of me. God surrounds me. He made me. Look, if he made me, he knows best how I ought to function. He's given me days and opportunities to do something good for him. And then he comes to what seems to be almost a change of thought all of a sudden. After he talks about 
the days ordained and how precious God is to him, and especially his thoughts. Look, if God's thinking about you, we ought to be thinking about him, all right? And then David loves, and you know from the beginning of this psalm, David loves him so much. He, he's acknowledging his greatness so much that he can't stand to see it when other people do evil and blaspheme God. I mean, it just bothers the fire out of him. Have you ever seen someone that you love deeply and they're mistreated and you just want to take up for them? You want to stand up for him? That's David when he says these things. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They're violent. They're violent. And David doesn't like it that they're violent and that they go up against the goodness of God. They speak of you with evil intent. These are evil men doing evil things. Your adversaries misuse your name. He says, do I not, do I not hate those that hate you? What's he saying? The, he's showing the extreme. of He loves them so he can't stand it that men are that evil against the God he loves and the God that loves him so much. I abhor those who rise up against you. There could stand to be a little re, revival. I'm going to say this in the right way. Well, I don't know that I'll say it in the right way. But there, there could stand to be a little revival in holy hatred. Hating what is evil. Remember what Paul said? You hate what is evil. You do what is good. I, I, I want to hate evil. I don't want to be its friend. I don't want to be so close to it all the time and make light of it. And I, I can remember as a young minister, especially when someone would respond sometimes, and, and I, I felt for them so bad I wanted to remove their guilt and shame. You know, I wanted to help them feel okay about whatever, you know. And some, I, I would say, look, you know, look, if that's the worst thing you've ever done, you've got life made, you know. I mean, there's better days. You know, but sometimes we don't need to remove the guilt and the hurt from evil. Now, here he's not talking about people who have good hearts that are responding. Here he's talking about evil men with evil intent that are going up blaspheming and violent speak against the Holy God. I need to hate what's evil. Our culture has some evil things in it. I need to abort. I need to just, I, want, I need to want, because God's greatness and God's love and for me and my love for him, I want it to be so strong like David that, that there's so much passion there for God that when people speak ugly and blaspheme and curse God, that I, that I hate that about that when that happens. That's what he's saying. And he's singing this. And then he gives this prayer. And he doesn't do it with pride. Remember, he, remember, the Bible leaves all the vengeance up to God anyway, right? We don't do the judging. God does that. But we can recognize evil. 
But then David has this prayer at the end. Look what he says. Search me, O God. Wait a minute, I thought you started out this thing with God searching you. Yeah. And he comes right back to it. Search me, O, o, o God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. You ever, you ever have been, been anxious about something? You've thought about it so much when you go to bed that in the, uh, when you wake up in the middle of the night, you, it's still there on your mind. See if there's any offensive way in me. David does not want there to be those things in his life. He knows there has been and he, and he knows the battle. But so he doesn't want that in his heart and life. And so he asks God, because you know why God needs to search my heart? Because I'm not very good at searching my own heart. Matter of fact, Jeremiah says the heart's deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? I have a hard time looking at my own heart. Matter of fact, in 1 John, he says, even when your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. I love that verse. Because sometimes we get on ourselves and we condemn ourselves and we forget about the greatness of God's grace. And But even in that, even in the condemning of our own heart, God is greater than our own hearts. And David is saying, God, I know your, your love for me. You know me. You surround me. You hold my hand. You made me. Search. I, I don't want anything bad in my heart, God. Would you search my heart and, and my anxious thoughts? And if you find something there, can, can you get that out? Because I can't, basically. The last thing he says... And lead me. Lead me. I think probably this is the most difficult thing of all. I think what Missy did in hearing her testimony, what I heard was she allowed God to lead her. She's going to praise him in the storm, praise him in the doctor's office, praise him in the difficult times. She may have been abandoned when she was a young one, but she's not abandoned by God. He's always there. She understood something about that. I thought, Mike, you need to understand that. And then I need to ask God, look at my heart. It's a little scary thought. I'm a little afraid of what he might find. But then God finds it and moves us in the right direction. And his prayer is, search it and then lead me. And only people that can be led are people who submit. You cannot be led without submitting. Without taking the attitude of Jesus out of Philippians chapter 2. Right? Where we submit, humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Let this attitude be in you. It's in Christ Jesus. Don't think so highly of yourself more than you should. Think about other people. Submit yourself to the will of God and to to His work and to His Word. Be restored by the truth of who He is. Be rebuilt by the power of what He can create. 
be revived by the Spirit that He gives us inside of us. Be renewed by the truth of a great and compassionate God. Do you want to live a renewed life? I do. Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to a... They are new every morning. They are new every morning. Say with me. Say that with me. New every morning. One more time. New every morning. And I'm so glad because that's how often every mercies. I'm renewed by truth of who God is, how He surrounds us, how He loves us, and how He continually searches our heart and takes us to where He wants us to be. Father in heaven, please search our hearts today. Search my heart. If there's any offensive thing in there, remove it. Only you can do that. You who created me from the beginning as a child in my mother's womb, would you please create again in me a new heart. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Let me be like you in all my ways. Help me, Father, to follow your lead, to submit to your word, to walk with your spirit. Thank you, Father, for all the brothers and sisters right here. And I, I love them dearly, and I'm so very grateful, Father, that I have people to walk this journey with. I, I don't have to do it by myself. Thank you, Father, for bringing us into a forever family. By the blood of Jesus. But today may each and every one of us know deeply how you intimately love us. And we ask you to search our hearts and lead us in the way everlasting. Father, we ask this with the help of the Holy Spirit. We ask this through the nourishment of your word. We ask this, Father, together as a church. In the name of Jesus, and the church said, Amen. Amen. If you have a need, you can respond tonight.